Hello and welcome to the show for Africa's youth. My name is Wanjiko Mwara and in today's show I will be joined by Frank Yiga and we'll also have some young Malawians on the show. I don't think that polyamory can make us better lovers because most intimate relationships require a lot of communication. Getting right into it, in 2014, Kenya ruled the headlines after passing a law allowing polygamy. Sounds simple, easy and, you know... Normal, right? Now, a few years later, the debate roared and first wives got the right to decide who their co-wives would be. Now, even before the laws in many African societies, side chicks or fully-fledged side of families have existed. Maybe having consensual multiple partners improves our lives. You know, just think about it. And so in today's show, we are asking, can polyamory make us better lovers? I just kept it to myself. I don't want to know if you're playing me, keep it on the So I talked to my partner. I said, but can't we do this thing? Let's try it. You get someone, I also get someone. So it's a two-way. Yes. So the, the guy was like, but really, how are we going to handle this? Now you know there's more where that came from. So without much further ado, let's head over to Frank Yiga in Kampala, Uganda. Thank you, Wanjiko. We are equally glad to connect to Bonn, Germany. My name is Frank Yiga, and trust me, today's topic for debate is not your usual subject. Can polyamory save relationships and make us better lovers? To break it down, it's having a romantic relationship with multiple partners at the same time with the consent of your official partner or lover. To some people, this kind of romantic relationship is too hot to handle, while to others, it's business as usual. It's why I have a parent studio to debate the topic. On my immediate left is Boston Masca in a polyamorous relationship. Next to her is Sugar Nathan, also in a polyamorous affair. Interestingly, on the panel, we have a sociologist from an NGO called Somero Uganda, Joan Nanyondo, to give us an expert's view. Remember, we're not here to judge or change anyone, neither are we advocating for polyamory. Sugar, yes, are you married? I should say I am, because uh, it's at a stage of uh, commitment, uh, what you also call introduction, which is kwanjula. Hmm. meaning uh, a stage of proposal already, meaning I'm already committed to somebody and equivalent to almost marriage, if I should say so. Yes. So then why or why did you opt for a polyamorous relationship and uh, how does it feel to be in that situation? If you understand your partner very well, it makes it easier for you to make their journey in this relationship simpler. So this was like an understanding between me and uh, my spouse in the first place uh, she's this kind of character who who prefers working far away from where we stay. So because she's always up and down, she believes that she's not giving me 100% service that is sexually. At first, it started as a guilt-free pass kind of a relationship where she's like, okay, as long as I don't get to know about it, do whatever you do, but please mind about our health, mind about our uh, my psychological uh, status or stuff like that. So 
Is she doing the same as uh, she's not doing the same? Oh, she's she's not doing. She's very faithful. And you are faithful, or you're not faithful? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) We'll get there. Uh, So, Masika, why are you in a polyamorous uh, relationship? Why did you decide to opt for this? Um, I decided because I wanted to. You know, these things of maybe there's something. eh? If I try to get someone else, maybe I can try. I can get something new. So I talked to my partner. I said, but can't we do this thing? Let's try it. You get someone, I also get someone. So it's a two-way. Yes. So the, the guy was like, but really, how are we going to handle this? You know, me, I'm, I'm jealousy. I was like, I'm also jealous, but let's try it. And we see if it can, it can work. So uh, we, we, uh, even we were together when we got uh, that babe. It was like, I wish you get that babe. I was like, are you sure? Yes. So he participated uh, in the kind of man he wanted for you. Yes. And I also was like, I'm going to get for you a good babe who is suitable for you. So we tried it for a while. Around four months, we were going together. Like he would say, you know what time? Uh, weekend, you can go and meet him. And weekdays, I'm with you, kind of. And so I was like, no, let's make it something like permanent. Okay, do you restrict it to, to just one person or there's room to include another and another? Uh, not really. Uh, this time we don't want to include other people for reasons some health-wise and other things. We are trying this. If it can work, maybe we shall try other people, but not uh, right now. But isn't it inconveniencing to both of you or a problem, especially when it comes to looking for those qualities in someone other than your official partner. If you have a partner who is someone who, who does not satisfy you, maybe sexually, who is always, uh, doesn't have communication things, but the other, other partner has all uh, those qualities. Mm-hmm. And you're going on very, very well. So I don't think <laughs> there's a problem with that. All right. No problem in that, according to your experience. And uh, it's also be interesting to hear from... Uh, our sociologist in studio to tell us uh, her view on uh, the situation we're having here. Can polyamory save relationships and make us better lovers? You've heard it from the horse's mouth. On the observation and the study from the sociologist or from the findings, it shows that it's the most complicated relationship. Really? Yes, it is complicated in the way that couples show that there is honesty, but in actual sense, there is no honesty in that relationship. First of all, these couples don't know themselves, for starters. If you can't know yourself and then you look for other group, it's going to become a confusion, a diversion in the relationship. In the way that if I say that, Sugar say that he understands this person just because he's traveling, he dominated this relationship, and he feels like he's entitled to be sexually satisfied, but they instead look for a solution to get someone. They don't understand each other. They don't know themselves. They don't know their weakness. They never try to explore their partners. We call it a selfish individual interest. Selfish individual interests because you're going to satisfy yourself. Shiga, Not your partners. You understand? <laughs> if she really myself. says that um, my woman is faithful, that relationship has never been faithful. Because even the partner you're including, you find them they're attached to other partners. So, so it's, it's going to be a chain. Because right now you're satisfied sexually and then sometimes they even put... Uh, rules of saying that there is no attachment 
but we are humans. It's going to come back to how you feel with when you're with this person, the connection, the communication. Like she said, my first pattern doesn't have communication. Hmm? And the other pattern has communication. And then this pattern is going to give you a lot, lot of time. What happens in the end? Disaster, confusion. Confusion, <laughs> complications. And then in the end, you're going to find yourself is like, did I make a wise decision to make this? But then you're like, but I get sex. I enjoy it. I get conversation. I enjoy it. What is the opinion of the other partner? What do they think? Because those partners, when they come into the relationship, they're going to put terms as well. Mm. Do you love me like you love her? A lot of questions. But when in the start you, you stated it that we are here to spice our relationships, what comes in there? What comes in there indeed is where sugar is going to begin from. Let's take a break and connect to Maura Wanjiko in Bonn, Germany for more reactions about the topic. What do you think? Could polyamory make us better lovers? Let's hear from some young people in Malawi. I don't think that polyamory can make us better lovers because most intimate relationships require a lot of communication. And communicating is difficult as is. So you have to communicate to more than one person, get to a common understanding, be on the same page. That is difficult. I think in societies such as Malawi, um, where it's already practiced anyway, what we've seen is it can be attributed to something that has also led to the further spread of HIV. So it's something that I may not fully endorse. Um, I know elsewhere, I think it's something that it can really work. Uh, especially for those that are mature and can really understand each other. Um, it, it brings some stability, some understanding, some sanity out of something that has been done for some time in secrecy. The, the issue is in two folds. In the first place, the one having the partners will have a better bargain, will have a better deal, because obviously, um, in this case, this person is acting as a price. For example, if I'm a woman and I'm having three partners, definitely the three will know they have to make sure they're doing the best so that they take the top spot. So, yeah, but in terms of you uh, loving back, I think it would be a challenge because you'll be forced to compare and contrast uh, the, the, the various partners' approach towards making you feel loved. As always, our topic is hot our guests open and ready to take it to the next level. Let's head back to Kampala where Frank Yeager is on standby. Thank you, Wanjiko. Let's get back to business. According to our sociologist, Joan says that uh, your relationship is uh, kind of one way. You're selfish. I'm selfish. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> does it appear so with your experience? You know, um, now, she could be right at some point where she says uh, you get attached along the way to the other partner by human nature. But then uh, you go back to default every time things try to cross lines. Like if she is beginning to get so much attached to me and I don't want it to happen, then I don't let it happen. That is my responsibility who initiated this kind of relationship from inception. So literally any relationship beyond the one I have uh, with commitment is like a third party. And I'm not supposed to give you that extra, extra. So it's, it's like a job that I have to do, that I have to execute every now and then. So this kind of relationship in a nutshell is not meant for 
uh, shallow-minded people. It's not meant for people who easily get pulled by chemistry. By so you you really have to have uh, sometimes put pen to paper uh, at the beginning of your creation of this relationship. Uh, Masika, John, the sociologist in studio here, says that uh, matters of the heart at times uh, are not just dictated. It is natural. You said that uh, your official actual partner has no communication. His sexuality is also not to your satisfaction. Don't you think that there's a likelihood of you relocating to this other partner you have? Permanently. <laughs> Permanently? <laughs> not really. It can't happen. For the reason is... Um, our relationship is not that if I'm talking to this one, I will come and tell him, you know what, all this is happening. We talk about it, okay? But it doesn't mean that I will cross lines because we have been having a frequent, uh, frequent uh, communication. No, it doesn't. Because people have sex and there are no strings attached. Here, yes. there are some that you set guidelines, you know? I'm curious to know who is who in this uh, polyamorous relationship. I mean, uh, who gets the lion's share of your love? My first partner, actually, that one is the real partner. Uh, we, yeah, we, the other one is the second partner. So the real partner, uh, we are together. I haven't left him because if I wanted, if I never loved him, I would have left him for this one. But since I love him, the other one is, is a second priority huh? because of other needs. That's why I'm with him. Let me turn to John. As an expert in sociology, is a polymerous relationship about sex, material benefits, or there's something else? Because they're saying so many things here. It's, it's about, uh, about the couple's decision. Because the fact that you sit and talk about it, they know exactly what they want to yield from the other partners. It can be beneficial in maybe they want... Uh, material things, materialistic things. Like, like she would want a car? They should want, want a car. Couple sit down form. and they consent yeah. and they're like, babe, I have this man who really wants me but he's rich. What is your say about it? He's like, you yeah. can't go. But mm-hmm. make sure no attachments. It's just getting things. Isn't this a risky game? Very risky. When it comes to no attachments. Very risky, 100% very risky because this person is going to go there, you know, just to go for the things. They consider like in four months, we are dropping this. And they feel like they don't understand themselves because they don't always want to explore their bodies. So the solution they think and see it as two people is to get other multiple sexual partners. John, besides the economic or materialistic benefits, what really keeps this kind of relationship burning? This new person is exciting. You're going to tell them, they're going to tell you, touch me here, hold me here, which you're not doing with your first partners. And then you're going to have this illusion and you say like, wow, I think I've got someone who understands my sex life. But your partner doesn't know your spots, your favorite spots. They're going to end up feeling like, if we get partners, I think we are improving. Because like the way we're saying that it's selfish individual, you're going to come and give a recap to yourselves. How was it? No, babe, I think it was fine. Did you like what he did to you? Oh, yes or no? I don't know what they say. It's a trap. Let's find out whether it's really a trap from uh, sugar. (coughs) You talked of terms, conditions, uh, that uh, you are in control of the situation. Mm. You have limits. Mm. Uh, How do you manage to divide and distribute your heart and feelings? 
Yeah, I want to re-demystify what she's calling being selfish. Um, you know, sometimes sociologists like her and uh, some people, let's call them motivational speakers, say, if you want to love, start by loving yourself. Now, paradoxically, it is sounding like it's selfishness. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> because it's you who benefit. I know. So my I partner know. is not benefiting in any way. Now, I'm looking at a situation where, um, for real, my partner is not satisfying me. Uh, she probably is not uh, even uh, reading my love language. Are you satisfying her? Yes, I am doing so. Because she's not complaining. Oh. It's me who is complaining. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, she feels uh, burdened by my complaints and she's like, okay, uh, what can I do? Uh, yeah, she doesn't want to lose me, and uh, at the end of the day, she's giving me this uh, blank check. And when I feel it that way, I am now selfish, according to the socialists. <laughs> For real, there's no attachment. So, Masika, to love is to care. Be honest, uh, faithful, uh, there's also transparency, name it, and so many of those qualities in a relationship. Uh, so, do those qualities exist in a polyamorous relationship? Yeah, it does. My a uh, real partner, everything's there. Caring. Everything it can't wonderful. be 100% that someone is perfect. Mm. There's something, always something that you're, you're longing. Instead of uh, sleeping with different, different partners because you, you want it, you better have someone, one person, to also be helping you with consent from my partner. Because me to decide that we should go for that second choice, we have talked about it like three years and doesn't change. So let's talk about the future. Uh, this having children, this having making a family. Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself continuing with uh, polyamory, or it is just uh, a thing of the moment? Will you have children with a second partner, or with a first partner? Oh, okay. Uh, along the way. Yes. We shall see about that. Whether we drop it or we continue. Sugar, uh, do you have plans to stick to this kind of relationship? Or monogamy will soon knock on your door. <laughs> I would say, you know, we all grow up over time. You come to this time in your life when you really need to do things that will represent your legacy. So you have to take yourself back to normal. And that is, I think, an easy thing for us as men. Only that these women that I have been entangling with still remain exactly. with that that cord. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. So you find in one way or the other they are after you. They'll so always they, come back. They still want to come back. Sometimes they end yeah. up destroying your initial marriage that you actually wanted to protect. And that's all we've had for you in today's 77% debate. Thank you, my panelists. Sugar Nathan, Boston Masika, and John Nanyondo. My name is Frank Higa. Back to you, Wanjiko. Thanks a lot, Frank, and your wonderful guests for the discussion. Somebody said they saw you The person you were kissing wasn't me And I would never ask you I just kept it to myself That's it from us this week. Now, if you're listening and you think you have what it takes to be on this show, drop us a line on Facebook and let us know which topic you're burning to debate. I'm Wanji Kumara, and on behalf of the production team, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.